You know, Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibbs' new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he reveals the antidote to the lies we're told that have become increasingly harder to detect. From the inspiring foreword written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapters, Pastor Jack exposes how to combat deceptive spirits and equips us when we're deceived by the ultimate liar, Satan himself. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is a powerful must-read, and when you order, you can bundle by getting the DVDs and a downloadable link for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com radio. That's jackhibbs.com radio. Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. Hey everybody, what's going on uh, in Israel right now? War, Palestinians, Palestine, Israel, Jew, replacement theology. Big conversation today among those who don't know. Well, let's find out what the Bible has to say about it. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. Hey everybody, a uh, good day. I was going to say good morning, but it might not be morning where you're at, so good day to you. And uh, we're going to have uh, this uh, topic that is needed right now. At the time of this podcast uh, airing or dropping, as they say, uh, there is the perpetual global constant dribbling drip conversation, argument, uh, speculation, um, pontification of Israel at war, the Palestinian issue, uh, which, by the way, if you listen to the collective narrative of what's happening out there, it's Israel and the Palestinian issue. I might submit to you today that you're not hearing much about Hezbollah and Hamas. And there's, a, there's a demonic reason for this. Um, the Palestinian people, and we've covered this in previous podcasts before. You can go. I'm not going to belabor this. Uh, you need to find out where, ask, answer these questions. Where do the Palestinian people come from? Who are they uh, in a genetic sense? Where's their DNA from? Uh, what land was promised to the Palestinians? That's a big one. Uh, has there ever been Palestinians existing uh, in history? In other words, is there a Palestine, Palestinian nation? Is there Palestinian archaeology? Is there a Palestinian flag from antiquity? Is, are there, were there Palestinian wars? Uh, you, there's Phoenician wars. There's Grecian wars. There's, there is Israeli wars. There's, you see what I'm going with this? Stop listening to CNN and anyone who is on a university campus because they literally are exposing their ignorance in the public square. It's, pro it's amazing. If you know your Bible, you're laughing 
at these college professors as I am. Uh, if it wasn't so sad, I'd be enjoying it immensely. But they're, they're just so they're just so they're so proud in themselves that it's it's actually the fulfillment of Romans one. Professing themselves to be wise, they've become fools. I'm watching a lot of fools right now. But it's not limited to that topic. But I, I would challenge you during this time with Israel at war. You need to understand Israel is at war with Hamas and Hezbollah, Iran. Now, apparently, as of today, Kim Jong-un of North Korea is going to be start. He's going to send advisors and, and military weapons, possibly to um, Hamas. So, unfortunately, the Palestinians have been held captive by, by Hamas and Hezbollah and the others. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about uh, what some uh, theologians are saying today. I may or may not drop their names intentionally. Pretty famous people. Uh, pretty famous people with pathetic uh, eschatology, pathetic end-time views. And I want to preface this as I go down line, line by line. And, and by the way, I've only got a few things. I just put down some thoughts. There's only a few. This could go on for days to make the case. So watch this. Number one. I want everybody to take a deep breath and relax, have your Bible open, take some notes, get some questions answered on your own, not for me. God's Word can tell you all about what God has done, is doing, and is going to do. But what I find awesome right now is this time, I'm calling this, uh, among our staff, by the way, I'm calling this 2.0. This is all 2.0, what's going on right now with Israel. You say, what do you mean 2.0? What was 1.0? Oh, 1.0 was COVID. Uh, I don't care about the virus. It's ridiculous. I had COVID at least twice. Uh, no big deal. Uh, got through it. Some people died of COVID, I guess. Others didn't. Interestingly enough, nobody died of car crashes and stuff. Everybody died of COVID. Having said that, what did COVID do regarding spiritual, regarding church, regarding the Bible? What did COVID do? Or can I say, how did God use COVID? He may not have sent it. How did God use it? Number one, COVID divided the church and divided Christians. But can I be more specific? COVID divided that which is the church and that which proclaimed to be the church. Then COVID divided those who are real Christians from those who are pretend Christians. And we have the, a rift. That is a very good thing. You say, Jack, are you talking about division being good? Yes, when it's done on doctrinal grounds. Yes, when God is the one that is separating the wheat from the chaff. That's a good day. And we're in 2.0. 2.0 is what does the church think about Israel? What does the church think about the Palestinians? And so you are either going to be led by what many of you are led by, and we know this because uh, your comments are read, and it's clear. We, we, you know, the staff, the team, goes through the comments, and they take a look, and, and it's clear to us this person is bound up in replacement theology, for example. Uh, this person is bound up in some hyper form of uh, covenantal theology. This person is of a dominion theology view. And um, where do these things come from? These these. Things that are opposition to scripture or, more specifically, an ill interpretation, wrongly divi dividing the word of God, wrongly dividing the word of truth. And so, number one, friends, listen, um, throughout the Bible, read your Bible and write down how many times you find the word uh, 
Palestine or Palestinian in your Bible. Then write down how many times you find the word Israel, Jew, Judah, Jerusalem. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the Bible is either your foundation or it's not. And the Bible says that God has made a covenant promise with Abraham, who is the father of Israel, the father of the Jews. He's the father of all who believe. He's, he's the father of even Gentiles who believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isn't that true? Have you read the book of Acts? The book of Acts is all about a Gentile world coming to faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Did you know that? The, the God of the Bible is revealed in the book of Acts as being the God of the Old Testament. And we learn from the epistles uh, that the church has been grafted in, Gentiles have been grafted into the, quote, commonwealth of Israel. Not the commonwealth of Palestine. Okay? I told you before, I'm not going to say it again, except this. There was no Palestine until the Roman emperor Hadrian said so. He made it up. And Palestine, by the way, is a extrapolation or a um, a word that we use today that's that's rooted in Philistine, Philistine or Philistia, the invader. Philistine means those who invade, specifically those who invade from the sea. I find that interesting. So you got to ask yourself: Are you going to have a um, are you going to have a woke view of your theology? Good luck, because that's all you've got is luck. You don't have God if you're, going to be, if you're going to approach the Bible based on your feelings. Um, is this a time of war? Yeah. Is it horrible? Yeah. Is it going to get worse? Oh, yeah. It's going to get worse for us, too. Oh, yeah. It's going to get worse for the world. Um, it's going to get worse in Israel. Jesus said if he didn't come back, there'd be no human flesh left on the earth. That's how bad things are going to get. Okay? And let me ask you this. If the Bible speaks and mentions only Israel and God's sacred promises to Israel and that the covenant to Abraham is made not only with Abraham and his descendants, the remnant who believes, but isn't Abraham the forefather of the Jewish people? You, the answers are obvious to this. Didn't God give Abraham the borders of what would be the land of Israel? Is God a liar? Well, he must be if you're a replacement theologist theologian, then God's a liar. God symbolically told Abraham what the borders would be of the promised land. Poor God. He either A, lied, B, didn't quite know what he was talking about, or what many of you believe is he wasn't able to pull it off. He made a big, big promise, but he doesn't have the ability to perform it. Well, thank God all of you are wrong that are holding that view. I think that uh, what you want to do is have a biblical view. And by the way, my view is not my view. I don't want my view. What I believe is based solely upon Scripture. I guess this would kind of be the third thing. First thing was, is Israel in existence today? Yeah. Israel has always been in existence. The Jew has been everywhere. God said that after Christ was crucified and the Old Testament prophets said that because of their rebellion that he would drive them to the ends of the earth. Did that happen? Oh, yeah. Did God also say that before he began to focus on Israel again in the last days, he would draw them back from all the nations of the world? Yep, you can read Isaiah 43 
among many other passages. Read it carefully. But here's something you have to deal with. Does Israel exist today? You're either going to say, yep, or you're going to say, nope. If you say no, then you know not God, my friend. Yeah, but Jack, they don't believe in the Lord. They don't believe in Jesus. They're pretty, they're pretty secular. Yep, once again, God's Bible said that's how they would come back to their promised land, in unbelief. Their time is not yet. The veil has not been pulled from their eyes. They are secularist, mainly, in Israel. There's just a little remnant, as my Jewish friends, that's just it's such a little bit. <laughs> yes, it's such a little bit. It's not going to be that way for long. God once, listen, this is another topic, but some other day, but once God removes the church from the earth, it's very clear in Scripture, Old and New Testament. He begins to focus on the nation of Israel. The scales will fall from their eyes like they fall from Saul of Tarsus's eyes, and the Jew will begin to believe and to follow God. By the way, it begins, if you read Ezekiel 38, with that battle. Then they will begin to believe in God. Ezekiel 38 battle, whenever that is, is a real, no pun intended, eye-opener, or maybe pun is intended. They will begin to see him, and that will begin to expand. By the time you come to the seven-year tribulation period, what's the seven-year tribulation period for? 100% Jewish, 100% described in the scriptures as being Jew-centric, Messiah-centric. It's 100% clear that it is the judgment of the unbelieving Gentile world while God is focusing on the remnant of the believing Israel. That's why some of you are so messed up trying to wiggle in the church in the seven-year tribulation period. So you say, oh, see the word elect? That's the church. Um, yeah, it is, but it's not only the church. The Old Testament saints were the elect. The church is described as the elect. And believing Israel is called the elect. So you can't land your airplane on one spot. you got to land your airplane on a runway. And when you mention saints, David was a saint. Noah was a saint. Billy Graham was a saint. According to the Bible, I'm a saint. It's hard, hard for me to, I have to receive that by faith. <laughs> but the Bible also says there's tribulation saints. Oh, how did that happen? Hmm. Just that 144,000 male Hebrew-speaking Jews who are virgins preach the gospel to the four corners of the earth during the tribulation period, and a Gentile crowd got saved so big that John said, I couldn't even number them. There were so many. How'd they get saved? Jews who got saved, who saw Jesus as Yeshua HaMashiach. Jesus is the Messiah, and they're going to preach that gospel and at the end of the tribulation period, God will do a mop-up of everything, and he'll send two angels flying through the midst of the atmosphere, proclaiming the everlasting gospel to all those who remain that have not yet heard it, and then the end comes. Notice the tribulation saints must die for their faith in Christ. Today, the church age is called to live for their faith in Christ. If you're into replacement theology and you think that Israel is illegitimate today— as some of these um, popular, very emotionally driven, famous pastors who have written these books and sermons that are just 
I'm sorry, I'm going off on these these guys. These knuckleheads have so replaced uh, Israel with the church that they've backed themselves in the corner. So now people are asking them, well, hey, what's going on right now? What's going on? Oh, Israel's not even supposed to be existing today. Oh, the government of Israel is illegitimate. Uh, all that's going on there doesn't even count. You need to, listen, Jesus... Meet, you, you, you need to meet Jesus at the, at the checkpoint, they say. You need to meet Jesus. Jesus was a disenfranchised, displaced Palestinian. That is heresy. That's the talk of Satan and hell itself. To say that Jesus is a Palestinian, how in the world is that possible when Jesus predated Palestine in his life? How did that ever happen? There's a lot of deception going on out there, people. So let me ask you this. You see, if you begin to muddy the waters and say that there is no Israel that's viable today, that what's happening in the Middle East right now, the battle over Jerusalem as Israel's capital, then answer this. When Jesus Christ returns, oh, wait a minute. Not all of you believe that he is going to return. Let's take a wild leap. Let's say the Bible's true for a moment and Jesus returns. Do you know where he's returning to? What does the Bible say? Just that, just please indulge me for a moment. Is it Canada? Oh, I know. He's coming to California. This is where so many Jews live. The environment's the same. California? No, he returns to Israel. The Bible says so. More specifically than that, let's take our microscope and let's dial down. Let's zoom in. Where, where does he set up his throne? In D.C.? No. Americans who are watching right now, shocker. God is not an American. Thank God for that. No, he's not returning to D.C. He's going to return to Jerusalem to establish his throne as promised by the Old Testament prophets. That's if you believe in them. That's, if, that's even if your church studies the Old Testament prophets. I already mentioned this, but the seven-year tribulation period has nothing to do with the church, nor is the church mentioned in the seven-year tribulation period, but Israel is. And so are Gentiles who come to faith. And so are those who are being beheaded because they did not accept the mark of the beast of the Antichrist. Let me ask you this. Is there a future, according to the Bible, to Israel and to Jerusalem. Does the Bible say, for example, that Israel will be forever? Any verses for that? Some of you are saying, nope. Well, that's because you only read portions of your Bible. You should read all of it because Jesus said, I've come to fulfill the law and the prophets. <laughs> that's why we need to read the law and the prophets. So the future of Israel and Jerusalem they're going to go through some really rough times. So will the world. But Israel's the only one that's going to survive because God said he's going to keep it. It's going to look like it's going to be destroyed. The Antichrist is going to seize it as his own capital. He's going to declare himself to be God in the temple. 2 Thessalonians 2 tells us and other portions of Scripture. The Antichrist coming could be alive today. He is going to announce to the world that he's God. A lot of Israel, a lot of those who live in Israel will be deceived, not all. But let me ask you, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 
tribulation period talk, Matthew 24 has nothing to do with the church. It's the Olivet Discourse. See, you put that stuff in there and say, oh, look, we're going to meet the Antichrist. Oh, look, we're, we're going to need to come down from our housetops and run to the wilderness. It, technically, we're going to head to Selah. We're going to head to Petra in Jordan. Yep, that's what the church is going to do. And the church is going to, the moment the Antichrist reveals himself, we've got to stop plowing our fields and we've got to run. Don't even go back to your house. And we've got to really pray that when this happens, it's not on the Sabbath day because the church can't do that on the Sabbath day. And and we also have to make sure that, that it's not snowing on that day. That's what the Bible says. Matthew 24, pray that your flight or your escape is not in winter. Why? Because Jerusalem gets snow in the winter. And when that happens, it shuts down, man. Really? That's the church? How about letting the Bible be the Bible? And that's the Jew who wakes up to the realization three and a half years or 1,260 days into the seven-year peace treaty contract of the Antichrist with Israel. And uh, people wake up and they run. And they're going to run to Jordan, by the way. Scripture's uh, pretty awesome on that. Petra. Uh, P-E-T-R-A, Petra, in Jordan today. Look it up. Google it. Uh, Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, he knows all about it. He's been there. Um, next thing is this. The Bible says, in fact, from Revelation chapter 21 on, the Bible says that Jesus is going to rule and reign on earth for a thousand years. Some of you don't believe that. Some of you say this to me right now. I can almost hear you. I can almost hear you saying, that is typological metaphor. That's not real. Good luck with that. You know what? If you want to, by the way, you want to approach that form of theology, wrongly dividing the word of truth, then you'll never think about it. How do you know you're saved? Oh, it was a metaphor. Well, Pastor, that's okay, because hell is a metaphor, too. Mm, I don't think so. Jesus said it's real. Don't let your feelings get in the way of biblical theology. And what, I'm going to try to land this airplane here real quick. If Israel's been replaced by the church, and what we're seeing today in the news is just a joke, we should let, the, we should let Hamas slaughter every Jew. We should just let them kill them all. They're illegitimate people. They're the Christ rejectors. Remember? Even our beloved Martin Luther, whose theology was good, but it wasn't perfect. He despised the Jews. Did you know that Adolf Hitler picked up on Martin Luther's evaluation of the Jewish state and the Jewish people? And Hitler believed, or at least he used, I don't know what he believed. He was possessed but at least, uh, not at least, but uh, conveniently, Adolf Hitler used portions of the doctrine of Martin Luther to justify his destruction of the Jewish people. Historically, have the Jews always had to fight for their existence? Yeah. Now, granted, God said, you, you disobey me as the chosen people, and you go throw me off, you go do your own thing, you're going to really suffer. You should come back under the umbrella of my love. But listen, they're Jews, and they're stubborn. It doesn't mean they've lost the covenant. The covenant was made with Abraham while Abraham was sleeping like a baby. The Bible says that God, who could swear by none greater, swore with himself. 
over Abraham. Well, Abraham, watch, watch this. There's a burning, there's an altar, and there's a, a sacrifice. The lamb is burning, and the Bible says God sends a sleep upon Abraham. Abraham's like this, waiting. In fact, he's shushing away the vultures that are trying to eat the sacrifice. Abraham's waiting for the Lord to show up, and Abraham's like this, oh man, I'm getting tired. He just... He falls asleep. The Bible says God put him out. And then while Abraham was out and had no opportunity to screw the thing up, it says the Lord shows up and makes a covenant with Abraham because God could not swear by Abraham because he's a man, and God could not swear by an angel because they're actually just God's servants, that God swore by himself an everlasting covenant with Abraham. And Abraham woke up, and the deal was done. So listen, explain this to me if there is no Israel today or forthcoming in the end times. In Matthew chapter 23, beginning at around verse 35-ish, Jesus said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who stones the prophets and those that I've sent to you. How often I wanted to gather you together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are not welling. And so now, behold, look, your house, God's house, has left you desolate. And he began to give the details of the Olivet Discourse, and it all started on that Palm Sunday when Christ rode into Jerusalem and everybody was cheering, but Jesus was weeping. Here's the punchline, friends. This is what's going to keep you up all night. Go get a hold of all your theologians who have been educated beyond their intelligence, frankly, in woke universities and woke seminaries. If there's no future for Israel, explain this to me. And Jesus said, and you will not see me again until you say to me, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus said he's coming back to Jerusalem. Jesus said he's coming back in the last days to Israel. Jesus has to have the fulfillment spoken to him of the 118th Psalm. Think this, think this through. You will not see me he didn't say, you won't ever see me again, you bunch of nuts. You threw me off. I'm done with you. Sorry, Abraham. <clears throat> Covenant next. You guys ruined it. No more Israel. All legitimate. You Jews, all of you should be beheaded. All of you should be killed. Israel, yeah. Iran is right. The Mullahs and the Khomeini's, they're correct. Push it into the Mediterranean. Let's nuke them. That's exactly what Satan wants. You want to know why it's not? You can almost see Satan. Satan is saying, well, it's not personal. It's just that the Jew's in the way. The Jew is in the way of my plan. My plan, you see, as Satan, is to not have an Israel existing in the last days. Because if it does, then there's a Jerusalem that exists. I can't have that. Because that's where the Bible says the Messiah returns. We can't have him back. And so Satan's theology is, 
Get a hold of people who don't know the word of God, who are very, very in touch with their emotions, and they're watching CNN, and this is a horrible thing, and so we have to make a judgment call on this. Yeah, you know what? War is demonic, sick, and it's horrific. But at the same time, listen, you're going to be shocked. The reason why there's a difference in the Ten Commandments from the word murder versus killing, there is no word kill in the Ten Commandments. It's thou shalt not murder in Hebrew. God has sanctioned war as horrible as it is. He doesn't approve of it. He knows that it's going to happen until Christ returns. But I want to leave you with that one. It's this. Jesus said, you're not going to see me again, Israel, until. That means he's coming back. To where? To Israel. To Jerusalem. Beware, everybody, of those who are replacement theology heretics. They're out there everywhere. Some of them have best-selling books. Some of them are really entertaining to listen to. Some of them are very funny. I just find it incredibly interesting. They strut around in their confidence while they undermine the scripture. And I believe that they are literally at this moment wrestling with the scriptures to their own destruction. These are serious times. We are commanded. How does this go down? God commanded you to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And God commanded you, the Gentile believer, to witness to a Jew about Jesus being the Messiah. If you're not doing that, nobody wants to hear from you. Honestly, you're just a hot air. You're just talking nothing. You heard some guy say something. Could have been some past you like because he's got awesome tennis shoes. Or he wrote a cute book. And you're just regurgitating what you heard. And you don't even know what it is you believe. Replacement theology is from hell. And I love the fact that Jesus said to the seven letters to the seven churches, I hate those who call themselves Jews and are not. Wow. Listen, yeah, fired up today over this topic. It's pathetic. I hate deception. We've got a book coming out, by the way, pretty soon. Very excited about it. It's going to be launched in February, something like February 6th or 9th. It's going to be everywhere where books are sold, um, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, uh, Walmart, you know, Costco, whatever they do with this stuff, uh, online everywhere. It's called Living in the Days, D-A-Z-E of Deception, Living in the Days of Deception. And you can pre-order that right now at Amazon, by the way. We're happy to report that I made mention of it not too long ago, and it actually hit number one for a few hours. Out of a million books, it hit number one for a few hours, just the pre-orders. So we're pretty happy about that. Uh, but you can pre-order it, and when it's released by the publisher in February, it'll be shipped straight to your house or audible.com. Uh, uh, but anyway, we're excited about that. Uh, listen, as always, you guys, if you like what you're hearing, uh, <laughs> If you like what you just heard a moment ago, that's funny. Hit subscribe. Uh, but as we, you know, we, we just absolutely believe here that it's way past time. Now's the time to live out what you believe in. It's time for real life. So God bless you guys until next time. This Jack Hibbs podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. 
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.